Good evening, folks. This morning, Lester asked a question, and I'm going to answer it. And I told him earlier, yes, I am absolutely crazy because you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. And you would think after third or fourth time, fifth time, whatever this is, I would learn to quit following these young folks because they do such an outstanding job. I'm sorry you get stuck with me. Plus, there's one more thing about this, too, that really makes this difficult tonight. I remember back in my college days when you had to do a presentation before the class, the teacher was always sitting right there to critique everything you did. We hope Brother Randy gets well very soon so he doesn't have to critique us in what we do. But I am glad to have him here and glad he's at least well enough to be here even though his voice is just a little bit on the, not on, perfectly like he wants it to be. Denise said she likes it that way though. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about lessons from Noah. And Noah, as we all know, is in what a lot of people like to call the Faith Hall of Fame. If you look in uh, Hebrews 11, he's in with a mighty powerful group of people that did some outstanding things in the Bible. We can learn a lot of things from Noah, and hopefully tonight we're going to be able to do that, but it's going to be a little bit different than maybe from what you were thinking. I know Trail said earlier, we're doing children's uh, Bible lessons. Well, tonight may have a little bit different twist to it, so it may be a little bit different. So just bear with me, and hopefully we'll learn something tonight. Genesis 6, 13 through 15. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You know, the story of Noah's ark is, has a lot of profound lessons on fear, faith, and survival. You know, the story begins with God destroying his creation, the world, something that, that he had made, and he pronounced the world as an irreversible, corrupt place, all except for one man, Noah. God instructed Noah to build an ark to hold his family, a pair of each animals, one male and female, and only the ark and the passengers inside would ever be able to survive the floodwaters. We've all heard this story of Noah, but how can this ancient story, the account that occurred, how can it help us in, in our days as we struggle in this 21st century? There's a lot of things we can learn from a lot of the lessons Noah taught us that are a little bit different than what you may think. There's one thing about it. The Bible reveals what Noah did is more than simply learning how to survive a storm. In bad weather, in a boat packed full of animals, before power tools, before air conditioning, and before inside plumbing. There's 12 lessons that we can learn from Noah, and I hope that uh, these may have some meaning to you. Lesson number one, don't miss the boat. 
You know, life is a journey. Uh, and it, we're all headed straight to the day of judgment. There's different ways to get there, but we're all going to end up at the same plate. There's different modes of transportation. The boat is actually the Word of God. It's the only safe and only secure method of transportation that we, that we have. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We never need to forget this underlying truth that ultimately when everything is said and done, we either are in the boat or we're on the outside. There's no in-between. Second thing we can learn, we're all in the same boat. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We all have the same rule book to follow. It doesn't matter where you're at, anywhere in the world. If you pick up the Bible, we all have the same rule book that we have to follow. And you know, when life gets tough and you have problems, all you got to do is look around at the people that's in the boat with you. It's your Christian family. They're the ones there that can help you survive the storm. All you have to do is remember, we're all in the same boat together. Third lesson, plan ahead. I hope all y'all realize it wasn't raining when Noah started building the ark. He built the ark by acting on faith. And he built the ark long before it started raining. We all need to look at the future and we need to plan. We need to know what we're planning on doing tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month and next year. And we need to set our goals toward that. That's what Noah did. Remember the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25? When they showed up, five prepared ahead. They brought their oil with them, and five didn't. When they came to meet the bridegroom, those that had oil at midnight were able to see their way. If we don't plan ahead, it's very possible that we will all spend eternity in total darkness because we forgot to plan ahead and bring our oil with us. Noah planned ahead. Fourth lesson, stay fit and put your action to your faith. You know, someday when you're 600 years old, somebody just might ask you to do something that's really, really big. Noah had to be in pretty good shape. He had to stay fit to do what God asked him to do when he was 600 years old. James 2.14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Noah had faith, and he believed in God. Yet, he would have drowned like everybody else if he didn't build the ark. And he built the ark on faith. Because at this point, it had never rained. Fifth lesson. Don't listen to critics. Instead, listen to your heart. 
then do what is right. If you always do what's right, you will never go wrong. Noah, did, he didn't buckle to peer pressure. He followed through on his plan. He completed the task as he was instructed. Now, we can all imagine Noah probably didn't fit in well with his community because he was going totally against what everything everybody thought you should have ever, ever done. But he, he took action, and he kept to the task. Remember, God chose him for a reason. God chose Noah, Noah to do the mission and to follow the task because he had a righteous reputation. Noah was a good man in a corrupt time, in a corrupt world. He didn't follow the crowd. You know, we can all do the same as Noah does. We need to continue to do what we're supposed to and finish our work. If you keep your eye on the goal, in the end, where are your critics? You know, Noah kept his eye on the goal, and he built the ark. And when he stepped off the ark, where were all his critics? They were nowhere to be found. So don't listen to critics. All they're going to do is try to drag you down. Sixth lesson. For safety's sake, travel in pairs. Don't seek to go things alone. Always travel in at least pairs because two heads are usually better than one. When you go on things alone, on an adventure, even something that's supposed to be fun, or if you're going through a crisis, when you go it alone, it brings feelings of isolation. When it's a good time, you can't even enjoy it unless you've got somebody else there with you. In bad times, you need somebody else with, me, with you at all to help you through it. A friend is somebody we can lean on. They're always a living reminder that we're never, never alone. And what a better friend that we could have than our Lord Jesus. We just sang a song. Lean on the mighty arms of Jesus and hide in the hollow of his hand. How much better friend could we have than leaning on Jesus? And we're all familiar with the poem, Footprints, Footprints in the Sand. Christ was with us all the way through, through our life. But when the times were the toughest, there's only one set of footprints. Why? Because our friend was carrying us through those tough times. So always remember, you need to go in pairs. And God knew from the very beginning of time that man would not do very well alone. In Genesis 2.18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So God knew he didn't want us to be alone. The seventh lesson. Speed is not always an advantage. You know, the cheetahs were on board, but so were the snails. And the amazing thing was, they both arrived on dry land at the same time. So, it doesn't matter if you're a cheetah. It doesn't matter if you're a snail. The most influential person you can be is yourself. You need to be yourself. Be what's been given to you. Because when you're yourself, you have the greatest chance of success and being happy than any other time. You know, God gave each one of us talents. Most of them are extremely different. 
And it's good. Just think how boring the world would be if we all had the same talents. We all did exactly the same thing. It, it would just be a boring world to have to live in. In Matthew 25, Jesus taught us in the parable of the talents, the, of the ten talents. God gave talents to these men, and he expects us to use those talents that he gave us to work with those and not work with somebody else's. Be yourself. Always remember, speed's not at an advantage. Be yourself. Eighth lesson. When you're stressed, float a while. You know, I brought a lesson not too long ago, uh, talk about drifting, and one of the best things that you could do to relax is get in one of those lazy, lazy rivers and just float. It lets, it lets the world go away, and you relax, and it's amazing how well you feel. You know, when life seems to be closing in on you from every direction, if you'll stop, take a breath, and just float for a while. Many times just stopping and floating just for a few minutes allows you to gain a new perspective on the problems that are in front of you. It allows you to see them differently and how to deal with them. You know, it's been estimated that 90% of all the things we worry about in life never even occur. And the other 10% that do, we probably can't change them anyway. Because worrying about things most of the time doesn't help us. What we need to do is trust in the power of prayer. The best way to gain a new perspective on a problem that's in front of us is talk to somebody. And who better to talk to than God our Father? When you sit down and talk to God in prayer, guess what, folks? He answers you. James 5:16. the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. However, there's one thing about prayer that a lot of times we don't think about. We want God to answer it, but sometimes he answers it in a way that's different for us than what we really wanted him to do. He answers that prayer in what's best for us. You know, even Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to God twice when he was under great stress. Matthew 26, 42, again, a second time he went away and prayed saying, Oh, my father. If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. You know, Christ prayed to take this cup away from him. But God didn't answer that prayer. That wasn't the way he answered it. He gave him strength to overcome. So always remember, trust the strength of prayer. Trust in praying to God when you've got a problem. Number nine. Remember, the ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic, by professionals. Some of the best architects and engineers in the world designed the Titanic. And look where the Titanic is, and look what the ark did. Noah wasn't a professional. He wasn't a professional boat builder. God gave him a job, and he did it. You know, your actions certainly give off more energy than your thoughts. So the best thing in the world to do, if you want to make a difference in the world, you have to act. And don't rely too much on the experts. If you make a mistake in life, and you will, make it your mistake. Because when it's your mistake, 
you learn from it. If you make a mistake of what somebody else told you to do, most of the time you don't learn too much from it because you said, that's what they told me to do. So if you want to do something, you act. And you know, remember I said the ark was built by an amateur? God's plan, when he put into place, he made it easy. Matthew 11, 28, 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus didn't say we all had to be professional scholars to be able to follow what the Bible said. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. He let, he put the, everything in place so the amateurs can take control. Lesson number 10, have patience and remain faithful. You know, the ark wasn't built in just a week. And the flood wasn't finished in 40 days and 40 nights. Noah had to have patience, and a lot of it. Just think how much patience you had to have to be cooped up in a boat with all those animals. If you've ever been about around a barnyard, not the most pleasant odor sometimes. And he didn't have many windows that you could open either. So he had to have a lot of patience. But he remained faithful and he remained optimistic all the way through it. And it didn't matter how bad the storm seemed. If God is traveling with you, there's always going to be a rainbow of peace on the other side of the storm. James 1.4, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When you have patience and you couple it with work, it leads to rewards. Every one of us, every day, have faith. Even the atheists have faith. They don't think about it, but they do. In our everyday lives, we work hard of all the assignments we have, and we complete those assignments based on faith. The faith that that, check, that paycheck will come, the faith that that vacation we've planned for will happen, the faith that our family will be taken care of this year. We all have faith. Having faith as a Christian helps us to keep our eyes looking forward to that ultimate goal, heaven. Noah's faith is a lesson in taking action. Even when it seemed that the rest of the world was not on his side. James 2.17 Thus also faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. Just remember, sitting around and doing nothing will never solve a problem. You have to take action in what you're doing. Lesson number 11. Listen to what God tells you because your life just might depend on it. Always live a righteous life, even if you're the only one, it will be noticed. In Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God noticed what Noah was doing even when the rest of the world didn't. Even though Noah lived a righteous life, 
he still had to do what God told him to do. He still had to build the ark. He still had to gather two of every animal, of every living thing, of all flesh. And he still had to gather all the food for him, his family, and for all the animals. And finally, most importantly, he had to actually enter the ark when God shut the door. The ark was the safety net for him. So Noah, he had to listen to God because his life depended on what he did. And in the end, Genesis 6.22, Thus Noah did according to all God had commanded him. And the next and most important lesson is this one. Be careful and watch out for the woodpeckers. Now, woodpeckers are part of God's creation. Now, I know that's sort of funny looking, but that woodpecker, many times the woodpeckers on the inside are a greater threat to us than the storm that's on the outside raging. Woodpeckers represent sin and Satan. Satan is always around us. He's always tempting us. And he's always trying in every possible way to weaken our faith and our commitment to God. And Satan's like that woodpecker pecking holes in the structure of the boat. He's continually weakening the structure, most time without us ever noticing. A lot of things happen in our lives. Something bad goes wrong. Ah, that's one little thing. It's, it's not going to hurt me. I'll be okay, and I'll keep going. Then the second thing. Then we do the second thing. Oh, I'm okay. I'm still strong. Then the third thing. Then the fourth. Each, each one of those holes that that woodpecker pecks in that boat weakens the structure till it finally collapses. You know, Job was a righteous man. He was a righteous servant of God. But the woodpecker... He tried to peck holes in every aspect of Job's life, trying to make his relationship with God finally collapse. But Job held on. Just remember, no matter how bad the storm is, when you're one with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. You know, if you've allowed Satan to peck holes and weaken your faith, or if you've wandered away from the boat, God will throw you a lifeline. He'll throw you that safety net. He will forgive you of your sins, and he'll bring you back into the safety of the boat. But if you've never entered that safety of the boat to start with, by putting Christ first in your life and becoming a child of his, there's not a better time. You know, Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not will be condemned. It's just like we said earlier, you're either in the boat or you're on the outside. So if you're a Christian and you've had trouble in your life, the woodpeckers pecked holes in your faith and you need it to be strengthened, all you have to do is come. We'll pray with you and for you to help you. But if you've never even entered the boat of safety, if you've never put on the name of Christ and been baptized with him, there's not a better time than tonight. So if you have any kind of need, would you come as we stand and sing?